0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Deep Shift. This is season two officially after a short winter break. Uh, I have a special guest today, Mariana Risenhaus, a tea ceremonialist and guide, and she's an extra special guest to me because she is someone who taught me the art of the tea practice just a couple months ago. Uh, And it Open my mind to what tea is, um, kind of what the, the meditative aspects of it are, and how to deepen one's own spiritual practice through tea. We've got so much to talk about. She's also fresh off a plane from Egypt, which is cool. Mariana, welcome to Deep Shift.
1: Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to see you again.
0: Likewise, likewise. So I want to I want to dive into it uh, first. Uh, I want to ask about Egypt. So you just got back from Egypt
1: just got back from Egypt like a week ago and it was incredible I mean it was a trip that I kind of intuitively decided to go on so I didn't have a strong you know people kept being like why are you going I'm like I don't know or what are you going to do when you get there I guess I'll see when I get an itinerary <laughs> when I get there. So wow. it's just really, yeah, it was just really an intuitive hit. And it was amazing. I think I'll be integrating it for a long time. Um, and it was also a really cool time to go. We did a lot of ritual. We were in a lot of the temples and um, no one else was there. And uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah I was, at my first instinct when I heard about the trip was like, I don't want to wear a mask on a trip. It's like, don't want to live that life. And we were just in our little COVID pod and we got to live normally for two weeks, which is really sweet.
0: Wow. So is Egypt like locked out at all? Do they wear masks in public?
1: Um, Some people do and some people don't, Um, but we weren't really in cities that much. We were like, you know, going on a boat down the Nile. So it was just our group on the boat. And then you'd go to temples and like no one else would be there. They'd organize private tours and stuff. So, and it would there's just like a lot of space between people too. So we're socially distanced a lot. And then when we'd go into towns and stuff, we would wear a mask. Um, But again, like for the most part, we just weren't around that many people. And a lot of these temples are kind of in more rural areas. There, it's not like there's cities built around them. So um yeah, it was it was a nice, a nice break. And I will say it was harder getting into Egypt than it was getting back into the United States when it comes to
0: COVID. So oh, they're pretty strict, yeah.
1: You have to like show a test, like everywhere you have to show a test. And hmm. in the US, I had to show a test everywhere until I got into the US and no one asks me, asked me for a test result. Like huh. once here.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Right now it's like it, it seems like things are starting to open up a bit now, but it's still not like there aren't a lot of people traveling. There aren't a lot of people kind of going out there. Uh, so did you have uh, tea while you were in Egypt?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I read my whole setup everywhere. I had tea on the Nile. I had like on a uh, boat in the Nile. I had tea like in all of these really you had tea
0: places. on a boat in the Nile.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: That sounds interesting. Incredible,
1: and the best part was though that my last day, I actually got to serve tea in front of the pyramids. So,
0: like,
1: no I don't know if you saw the picture. There's some. There's a video of it on my Instagram, but wow, yeah, it's pretty epic. And I, honestly, I actually extended my trip because we. Oh, it was such a thing when we we had a connection through Houston to get to Egypt. Me and my girlfriend Gati and. We literally landed in Houston, like 40 minutes before they shut down the airport for that huge storm.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And it was like, Oh, my God, how are we getting to Egypt? So we ended up getting the last rental car in Houston and driving to Atlanta through that storm. It took me four days to get to Egypt. Like, Oh, my gosh, I've never been so tired. It was It was just such, we went through all these towns, the snow was like, or the sleet and black ice was insane. We had to get new COVID tests. We had like, it was this whole thing to get there. Um, And so because of that, I extended my trip one day. I was like, you know what? I'll stay an extra day since we're arriving four days late. And if I hadn't, I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity to serve. Mm, tea there. So
0: I love how it works out like that
1: works out yeah yeah yes,
0: it does wow so that that pull to Egypt was calling you you were like I'm getting there
1: so- It like yeah Egypt made me work for it <laughs> yeah. and it's Some- crazy because we didn't really know what we were doing you know we were just like all we knew is we need to get out of Houston we just knew huh. we we're like we need to get out of Texas whatever is happening here we need to get out. <laughs> they're like when they when they shut down the airport to us from Colorado it's like raining outside We're like, what's the problem, you know, and so it wasn't until maybe a week and a half into Egypt or a week and a half later, my friend on the trip was watching the news. She's watching something Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, what are you watching? She's like, oh, it's just like the community rallying after in Houston, after these storms and stuff. And I was just like, that's still going on. And it, it really hit me like what we actually did until seeing what an impact there was from that storm
0: oh yeah you guys were like chasing the largest storm in texas history
1: (laughs) and it was crazy
0: too it's like all the power went out like that was a major thing
1: yeah totally and we were we like drove through the night as far as we could and then the roads were closed and then we got a hotel for like three hours and slept for a hot second and got back in and like the the door like the whole car just was like it was like encapsulated in ice. You know, we'd like really have to pull all of our weight what? to open the doors. It was just like ridiculous.
0: Wow. We're like, we're getting to Egypt. Yeah. How long was the plane ride to Egypt?
1: <laughs> mm, we did Atlanta to Paris, which I think mm. was like eight hours or nine hours. And then it's another five to Cairo.
0: Okay. It's okay. a
1: good amount. It's like, you know, and then the three, the two and a half to Houston, and then the, You know, day and a half driving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining, like, in that movie Twister, where they're like running away, like, like, driving away from the storm and it's like coming towards them.
1: It was kind of like that. We were like, we need to beat the storm. Like, and it was coming. (laughs) We were kind of like that. We're like, we need to get out of here. And And it felt like, even when we stopped that first night, it, like when we woke up in the morning, I was like, maybe we should have kept driving, you know, and, it, yeah. and then finally, we got out of it. But there were definitely points where we we're like, do you think we're past it? Do you think we beat it? <laughs> it was yeah. like, man.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's just fascinating. All the energies that line up. But I'm glad you made it to Egypt.
1: Me too. I'm
0: glad you got to have tea in front of the pyramids or serve tea in front of the pyramids. Just epic.
1: Dream that I didn't know I had. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, the universe is greater than I can imagine it because I didn't even mm-hmm. think about like that. It just would never have crossed my mind that that was possible. Yeah. You know? And so I still
0: don't even know how it is possible. Just how, how that just unfolded like that. It's remarkable. Yeah. So,
1: well, the first thing you have to do is bring your tea gear everywhere. So <laughs> sorry about that.
0: A <laughs> little FaceTime call.
1: Um
0: okay. It's it's not the first time in this podcast know, that there's been I don't
1: know why cuz I put my phone on do not disturb and it's like one of those things that I'm a bit of a technology grandma like my phone font is really large I'm like not on many apps and I'm like how come everything like you know, like people have the watches these days and stuff. And I'm just like, why is everything ringing? And how do you ever turn it off? <laughs> like, I'm just like, what if you're not supposed to be able to call me right now.
0: Right? Yeah. I feel like if do not disturb when the phone is on, it should also translate it over to the computer.
1: Really does That's why I'm like, great. Technology has <laughs> outsmarted me again. And I'm going to learn how to do that.
0: <laughs> so so um, what are you drinking right now?
1: I actually can't tell you what I'm drinking right now because it's the mystery tea for the next round. (laughs)
0: Oh, for the next round. That's very exciting. So for people who are listening or watching, uh, I I did a, it was a whole like month long, few week long course on building my own tea practice, which uh, was, well, we can get into that, but it was like remarkable. And uh, the relationship that forms with tea is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but one of the fun things about it was that uh, Mariana had a tea that she sent everyone who was in it. And it was a mystery tea. She didn't tell us what it was until the end so that we didn't have any like preconceived notion of, you know, what, wh- I, you know, what this might do or, or how this might, might act for our body. And I have to say that it was it, right. It's, it's my favorite tea ever. Like it's the most fascinating flavors. It's just phenomenal. Uh, and after the after it ended everyone bought it all so it's like not even available anymore (laughs) but it is on back order so i did back order
1: of the consumer of start your own tea practice like like things were getting sold out everywhere and i really should have told them before like i didn't really think about it until like a few days before the course ended i like texted living tea i'm like hey by the way (laughs) a lot of people are going to be buying that tea in a couple days
0: yeah and they
1: yeah did. I didn't think about it
0: yeah you gave us a whole list of like all these different things like here's a buying guide of different teas to get because I had no idea that tea like I had thought that I was kind of a tea connoisseur because I bought loose leaf tea from Amazon <laughs> <laughs> my tea's not in a tea bag you know and right. <laughs> I didn't realize that uh there's this thing called living tea which is like the tea that comes straight from China where they, where tea originally originates, there's no pesticides. It's all like organically grown beautifully and it's a whole other world.
1: Yeah, totally. It's medicine. It's like medicine versus beverage.
0: Yeah. It's like medicine, but also like a potion, Mm -hmm. you know? Cause it like, it, it heals the body, mind, soul, but also like each tea has its own personality you know, like it could invigorate, it could, it could open the heart chakra. Like it has all these aspects to it.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And I mean, that's the kind of the cool thing about like tea in comparison to herbalism in general is that it feels like if you were to look at like, there's a hundred plants in this shop. And there are different plants and different herbs, and they all have different functions. You could go into a tea shop and be like, "There's a hundred teas here, and they all have different functions, and they all do different things." You know, like it's the tea as a category is just so dynamic, and I think part of that is because um, tea really, really works in collaboration with humans, mm-hmm. and so through the different places that tea is grown through the different ways that we brew tea. So how the ceramics that have been created, they've been created alongside tea and tea processing so that you can brew better tea based on the vessels, right? So there's so much history there. And then also the tea processing. It's that human effort that also, in addition to the natural elements, also changes the qualities and brings out certain qualities of tea right? And you just don't have that with like mint. It's like mint is mint is mint. And there's yeah. different mint, but it doesn't have that human connection in it. And so tea has like thousands of years of history with humans that has created this like, just beautiful, um, kaleidoscope of tea.
0: Yeah. Which is like all tea, like, uh, like technically what is tea? Cause like, a you know a lavender herbal thing is like an infusion it's not a tea but like technically a tea is it's all a single plant right
1: yeah i mean yeah it's all it's all camellia sinensis um technically and then there's there are some offshoots of that but most for the most part it's camellia sinensis sinensis the plant
0: and these plants can can live like hundreds of years
1: well um these plants so here's the thing when you get regular tea so like commercial tea this is what's in your tea bag probably your loose leaf on amazon um it's going to be you know there are these clear cut natural habitats where then tea bushes are planted and these little bushes they're grown with so many pesticides so many herbicides like please don't drink non-organic tea mm. it It's just like not good for you um and because it's like one of
0: the most the the ones that are non-organic are like they have some of the most pesticides of all
1: well what happens is that so here if you have like a monsanto or whatever right and they create some pesticide or herbicide and then they find out 10 years later it causes all these diseases and really harms humans When they, when the FDA like says that you can't use it anymore, they're not required to destroy it. So they're just not allowed to sell it in the United States. And so then, but they can sell it all to other countries. So then it gets sold into China and then it gets banned. pesticides get sold. Yeah. So then it's used over there and then it gets banned from the food production in China, but tea is technically not covered in food production in China. So then it stays in the tea trade. So these are the pesticides that have been, the reason it's like the worst of the worst, it's because it's like the ones that we out, that all that have been outlawed, outlawed, but they're still able to be sold and used in things that are not covered under these laws.
0: So that's why it's so good to know your sources. Yeah. And that was one of the things I learned from you, which was, some really good sources for tea to get that living tea which is that organic pesticide free just like really brilliantly grown tea
1: yeah and it's tea that's still seen as a medicine you know it's tea that's grown you know for to be tea like with not just as like you know you could compare it to someone who like raises animals with care versus a slaughterhouse or a factory farm you know, you can kind of compare it in that way. It's like people, there's a care for animals, which is why they're raised differently than in a factory farm. There isn't a care for animals. It's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, so there's, so when we think about these conventional tea farms or tea plantations, those trees can maybe live 10, 15 years, and if you were to go up to them, you could just like pull one out of the ground. Their mm. roots are so shallow. They're just like not rooted in. Mm. And, um, and the truth is like a tea, wild tea can live. And it, I'm not saying that the average trees do. Okay. So it's not like this is what we're drinking every day but trees can live thousands of years and their roots can, they're 50 feet tall. Their roots can go 50 feet deep. Some of their tap roots can go a mile into the earth. It's like insane. And when you think about, usually we don't drink those trees, but you know, you can, you can tell the difference. It's like, I have a tea here from 900 year old trees and it's like you drink it and, imagine how grounded you are, like how it it just affects you in a different way. And you're getting the wisdom from a tree that's Mm -hmm. been alive that long. Even when I was in Egypt, I was, I kept thinking about that. I kept being like, there's a tea tree alive right now. That's 3,500 years old and it's older than this temple. You know, I kept like, I gauge things like that. Or, you know, I'll think like, you know, when we talk about like, Oh, 500 BC, and it's like, there are trees alive right now that were alive then.
0: See, I- this is just remarkable. I mean, the the right. depth of like tea, just from the plants themselves to the medicinal qualities of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, so you grew up in Hong Kong. So you kind of grew up around tea and, and tea ceremonies. And for a while you were living in London where it's a whole different kind of tea ceremony <laughs>
1: i didn't live in london um but hong kong was a british colony so it was both it was ah, like i okay. was living, yeah that's where it came from like i was living in a culture that had both that had like the original tea culture and then the colonial tea culture um interesting. but the thing, yeah but it was interesting because it to me it felt like the ritual was more alive in the british tea culture why is that because tea's become very commercialized
0: in like, in hong kong
1: in the world yeah it, it, you know it, it 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 just it felt like there is so much stuff and it felt like like tea can be a little bit pretentious too it just felt like where's it didn't feel like there wasn't much ceremony actually there wasn't much ritual um but there was a love for tea and i could feel that i'm like this has to be important. And I think in British tea culture, it's so ritual. It's just like in the afternoon, we drink tea and we connect and
0: Mm.
1: we're not, and it's outside of a shop, right? So we're not buying things as well. It's just like the tea house is also the tea shop. Usually, you know, it's just, it felt like I couldn't, I just couldn't grab anything that felt like it touched my heart even though I could feel it was there. So I was like always looking for tea. I'm like, what is it? Where is it? And I just like, couldn't find it outside of British tea. And plus British tea has delicious scones and jam <laughs> a lot of cream. and sandwiches. So that made me happy too.
0: <laughs> Which is a big plus.
1: Yeah, plus. <laughs> scones,
0: yeah. I love, that's another aspect of tea, this ritualistic aspect of it, that the ritual of tea. Uh, whether it's, whether it's a ritual that one does kind of in a meditative practice, which is what I learned through uh, how you taught the Mm -hmm. the tea practice uh, to a ritual that's done with people where it's more of like a conversation based, like, okay, let's take a moment where this is almost an excuse just to hang out and talk and, and go deep.
1: Yeah, totally. I was actually in Egypt with this couple and they met, um, at a tea house. And they were talking, they were telling me a little bit about how they got into tea. And that was one of the things they said, they were like, we don't drink. And we didn't, like, what do you do in the society to connect when you don't drink? And for them, yeah. it was go to a tea house. And that's actually how they met. Um, so huh. yeah, it's like similar, it can be similar to what we do these days with like a bar.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, which is... Yeah. A, a nice alternative because like I don't drink, um, but there isn't much like to do at, in the evenings if you don't drink. Okay. Um, but pre COVID here, uh, there was like a Gong Fu tea house that it was like a late night that have ecstatic dances and stuff. And it was incredible. I met so many people that one week before everything locked down, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like it, the future, cause there, there is, there is kind of a movement away from, Alcohol, like you know, plenty of people drink and they will always drink. But there's also some people who just prefer not to. And um, I think tea and tonics and that kind of thing is is I I think it's going to gain a lot of popularity and become more of like a nightlife thing where people hang out and just sip the tea.
1: Totally, totally. And I love that. I love that. There's also different ways to brew tea in a sense. So the tea that I teach is. You know, meditative. So we drink tea in silence. And that is actually it, you know, the medicine of tea is to connect, right? So, regardless of if you're drinking tea in an intentional way, there's always that feeling of like, oh, I'm sad or oh, I'm seeing my grandma or oh, whatever, put the kettle on, put the kettle on. That's what we do, right? So, the medicine of tea has been Mm -hmm. working for a long time, but in a more intentional way. So, and I've had people come to tea ceremony where they say, I don't really like to talk that much, but it doesn't mean I don't want to be in connection with people. And this is the first time I've had a space where I can truly be myself because I'm in connection. And there's no, yeah. Like there's no person looking at me being like, why aren't you talking? You know? And so I really appreciate that. But then there's gong fu tea, which is more casual. And this is, and so this is actually what I grew up with, right? Gong fu tea more casual. And so of course I'm looking for this meditation, in myself. This is what I'm like, where is that? Um, and I love having both. Um, but Gong Fu Tea allows you to, you know, connect and chat and just be in the tea and be around people that you love. And we, there's a saying like drink tea and talk about the Tao. And that's what happens in a, you know, in a Gong Fu Tea house, even if you're chatting, it's like, what's going to come up is going to be of substance because you're drinking tea and it is bringing out these qualities in you of like talking about Tao and what's real and and you don't get that with something like alcohol. It's like drink alcohol and talk about unimportant things. I don't know, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: with it's like Eckhart Tolle was talking about alcohol and he said like there there's a very brief moment of enlightenment that happens with alcohol very like very brief. And then all of a sudden it just goes straight down to unconsciousness.
1: Yeah, totally. And sometimes we want to like let loose, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like that, but we're probably not finding connection or we're finding like, uh, an empty connection.
0: Um, yeah. I yeah. I've told, I've told my friends after, after I took your course that, um, you know, I learned, I learned some, some tea practices. And so they've literally been reaching out to me like, Hey, can we have some tea? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so they'd come over and it's just so pleasant, like for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, just sitting and drinking and chatting.
1: Really? Totally. And it, it's,
0: it's like good, deep conversations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you really get to know people. You really get to know people and, and it opens your heart. So, you know, you don't take things so seriously or personally. It's just so sweet. It's so sweet.
0: Mm. Yeah, it truly is. It truly is. Yeah. Um,
1: it's nice to hear you're serving tea. I love I, that.
0: Yes, I am. And wow. I am very excitedly awaiting a uh, shipment from Living Tea, which is one of the livingtea.net, which is one of the companies you recommended. Yeah. Um, I just ordered like a, a like a, I ordered the, the spectrum, you know, red, <laughs> black, white, green, <laughs> the whole spectrum to try them all. Um. So I'm very excited about that.
1: People get into tea in different ways. There's people that are like, "I want to try all of it," and then I'm more in the opposite camp where it's like, "I'm such a monogamist." (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "What's the point in drinking that tea if I can only have a few times, like few ceremonies with it?" I want to be able to buy like kilograms of the tea and love it forever.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love that. Yeah. yeah i i i get around when it comes to tea right now i'm drinking uh, an oolong it's called we Wu Yi rock oolong my friend gave this to me
1: beautiful it's, um, a clip. it's
0: it's from a place in portland called fly awake oh cool um which has a really cool logo for people who are a little logo and it has a slogan that says experience significant shift which is um, a
1: wizard on that did i read
0: it's it's called Wizard's Eyebrow. <laughs> that's like the name they I'm not sure what that means. Maybe it's like mm.
1: Physical, like when you're when the when the wizard's stumped or the when the wizard's questioning you.
0: Yeah, questioning and like possibly casting a spell. Uh I like that they put concentration, willpower, focus. It's like this it's it's fun. It's it's like it has its own little little vibe of yeah. you know, like little, like a potion quality. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, but uh, and and this tastes absolutely incredible.
1: I know tea tastes really good. Oolongs taste really good. Yeah, nice way to get into tea.
0: Yeah, oolongs do. There is a fascinating, fascinating taste to them.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So I'm curious. uh, A lot of people who are who are listening to this are into meditation. A lot of people are are kind of deepening their spiritual practice. And uh, for me, it really helped. It helped with that. I realized that drinking tea was almost like an active meditation. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like what got you into tea, into this more ritual aspect, more ceremonial aspect of tea?
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like I was looking for it always. So it's hard for me to even say, Oh, what got me into it? But it's, It's one of those things that when I found it, I knew it. I didn't know what I was looking for. I guess I'm one of those annoying people that's like, I'll know when I see it. (laughs) But I tried really hard to get into tea in more of a just by drinking, by asking for tea gifts and by drinking stuff. And I just like wouldn't actually drink it. And even back then, I guess I didn't even understand the plant tea. You know, I was still, if I think back to some of the teas that people had gifted me, they weren't even the plant tea. And I heard, I was listening to a podcast where the um, people were running a retreat and they were kind of describing the retreat and they were chatting all about this tea ceremony that was happening, that they did tea ceremony every day. And this person ended up like that was serving and they were, they described it a lot. And I, and I was just thinking, I, I, think this is what I've been looking for. This mm. sounds like what I've been looking for, what they were describing. Cause again, it's the stillness. Like this practice, how we do it is so still compared to some of what you can have in like the chaos of a fun tea shop, right? And you know, what I'll say for me personally is the tea shop is great, but it's not gonna change my life. Mm. And this tea practice is what's gonna change my life. Okay. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, if I had to describe it against yoga, it's like, I could say that it's like the difference for me of like, just going to yoga classes versus studying yoga. That's kind of how it feels for in my system.
0: Yeah. It's like two different worlds
1: yeah, even though it's the same thing and it's the same medicine and they're both beautiful and it's great, but I was looking through that depth. And so I went to Italy on this retreat. I was like, I'm going (laughs) like, this has been 20 years in the making of me trying to find tea and I'm going. And it was I was in this place in my life where I felt like a lot of freedom. I was, I left a relationship. I left New York after 10 years. I was just like, I'm like, I'm going to treat myself. And actually right before I went on this retreat about two weeks earlier, I moved home to Miami. I reached out to a friend from high school that I literally hadn't talked to in, you know, 12 years or something. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'd love to see you. My wife and I are going to a tea tasting tonight. Do you want to come? And I'm like, what? That's so random. It's like <laughs> once it sets in motion, everything starts happening. Oh, yeah. And so I went to this tea tasting and, and it was a tea shop, but it was a private tasting with for just the three of us. And I got to start to reconnect, you know, I got to start to under to kind of reconnect with that childhood part of me that had been looking for tea and they kind of talked about tea meditation and I was like I'm going on this retreat and there's going to be tea ceremony it was just really this intentional thing and I went to Italy went to the first tea ceremony I was so excited and I was just like this is what I've been looking for this is it and I started a tea practice after that and for all the times and all the teas and all the gadgets that I never used all I needed was a bowl and some Mm. leaves, and that's it you know, like I it, sometimes in this world, we just like complicate things so much. And what I really was looking for is the simplicity and the and the connection to tea. And so, um, yeah, that and and literally tea just took over my life. So,
0: yeah, I I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, tea, you have to get one of those little pours. You got to like have a little tea set. And that was what I learned with you in in our tea course, which it was literally it was leaves in a bowl which yeah. was you put the leaves in the bowl you put the hot water in the bowl and you drink it and the thing about the living tea is that the moment you put the hot water in the tea it's like you can start drinking it in about 3 seconds yeah it's, totally. it's already kind of diffusing out like instantly you get that potent tea and then you can just keep repouring and repouring and it's uh yeah it's very simple and i had no idea that was even a thing
1: Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people too, what they'll see, and this is what I was seeing in the tea community that I kind that I wanted to address with start your own tea practice is, um, you know, you might see my setup or you might come to a tea ceremony and there's all of this stuff. There's this beautiful teapot, a beautiful runner, the special incense sensor, all these beautiful handmade bowls, these tea scoops, my altar, the arts, there's just all of this stuff. And it's so beautiful, but this is my practice years and years in. Right. And so what people then say is, Ooh, I want to do this. I need to get all of these things. Mm-hmm. I've even had people like say to me, I don't have a tea table, so I can't drink tea, you know, and it's, and that, that right there breaks my heart because you're, you know, people aren't really taking pictures and sharing this beautiful thing of their personal practice. If they just have a bowl and they're sitting in the corner of their apartment or something, but that's what it was like for me for a long time. And the depth that I was able to go in my connection with tea, you can't get, you can't go deep when you just buy all this stuff and expect the magic to occur. It's actually like the, that's the meditation part of it where we just show up and it's not sexy but the connection is sexy, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. We want like,
1: we, we just want everything to look beautiful. And that's, we think that that's what we're being attracted to, but we're not, we're being attracted to the plants. And so start your own tea practice. It was really about those first six months of your tea practice that will decide how deep you go. And if you just buy all the things and, and think, okay. Are in, and are constantly in a state of, I can, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? You, you're missing the main part, which is to just show up and drink tea as simply as you can. And like you're, right now, you've been talking so much about the leaves and the living tea, but a lot of people, when they do the opposite, they talk about the wares. They're not even talking mm-hmm. about the tea yet because that wasn't, that hasn't been their experience. So if you can like take all of the rest of it out, it's like you have the rest of your life to buy tea stuff. Which is again, like why in the course on the last day, it's like, here, let's go shopping. But <laughs> so before then it's like just three weeks. Can we go three weeks without shopping?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is, is a very exciting moment that the tea shopping moment.
1: <laughs> oh my God. People are buying it in the course. Like I'm getting notifications of their shopping afterwards. Cause you yeah. guys, cause I see the discount code stuff.
0: Oh, that's fun. so I like
1: get off the, the class. And my inbox is just like full of people who have already shopped.
0: Oh yeah, and they buy it all, so that when the rest of us go, (laughs) there's nothing left. It was like, hey, I really recommend this green tea, sold out. (laughs) I really (laughs) recommend this white tea, sold out. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) But it it truly it truly is uh, like a relationship, Mm -hmm. and it is simple. But I think also your guidance, and I, I always tell people, and I think I mentioned this in the course that you really embody tea when you speak how you speak uh how you speak of tea you just embody the energy of sitting down with a cup of tea and enjoying it and with that it was that first cup of tea I was just I was kind of blown away by how well it works so we would do it we did it in the morning uh, I would wake up at like seven or so um I think it was like eight mountain time that that it it started and, you know, you wake up kind of tired, you go down, you, you grab your, your, your stuff, you get it all together, the hot water and your tea. And, uh, and then you have this playlist, this, the great tea playlist, which is like 12 hours of tea songs, <laughs> super chill and, and awesome. So like the mood is already set and then you're sipping tea all in silence. We're all just doing it together. It's our own practice. And kind of like if you feel tired from the night and maybe your mind is wandering, after two or three sips, mm. you are so present. I felt such this presence. And then your body starts to feel warm from the tea. And then your mind starts to get activated from the different properties of the tea. And it's, it's a full sensory experience. And also the taste of it was a big thing for me.
1: That tea tastes really good.
0: It tastes really, really good.
1: But it is because I might use it again.
0: Oh yeah. I won't, <laughs> I won't divulge what it is, but it's phenomenal. I have never tasted tea like it.
1: I know i had been wanting to use that one for a long time and I didn't. And then literally when I was choosing the tea is actually between this one that we're doing the next time and, and the, and the one we did. And I was like, set it, I set up my tea table <laughs> with all of the stuff to do a little experiment and see which one wanted to come through and Gracie who's you know my cat that's always here not the one who's just here a different one she's like the shaman cat she just <laughs> got on my lap and like put her paw in between all this stuff and like touched that tea and left and I'd never <laughs> seen anything like it I was like oh my god that's the tea <laughs> that's great I'll do anything she tells me to do she's yeah a,
0: she's well a you have up. to trust the shaman cats
1: Totally, totally. And so she just like, I've literally never seen her do anything like that. And she just like touched it and left. Mm. And I was like, I, part of me was kind of like, I was going to do that, but okay.
0: She's <laughs> <laughs> that confirmation from the, the tea shaman cat. Yeah, totally. I'm glad that she chose that because yeah, it was, it's remarkable. And, um...
1: and it's a simple tea. That's the thing too, is like, we can go so deep in tea. I think that's another place that people skip up because tea can almost be like fine wine. It's like, you're like, this one's been aged 40 years and is this and is that and has all these properties. And then with and then we forget that actually just a simple wild tea is just as profound in its own way. And so we like to start with certain teas and get to the other ones because once we really know tea, then we can start to get to more intense teas. You know, they have more intense flavors, more intense chi, more intense experiences. And, and they're also rarer. So it's like, I'm not going to be serving my most rare tea to someone who can't appreciate it because they've never had tea before. And I've done it. And they spit it out because the taste Mm -hmm. wasn't. Good. and it broke my heart I was like oh, there's not much of that left in the world you know yeah. if it's been aged 40 years once we we as wow. humans drink it all you can't get it again it's done the the leaves were picked 40 years ago hmm. so there's like this impermanence in it and so that's the other thing is like the teas that people are starting with in this course are what are it's like it's just tea and even in that even in the simple wild mountain tea that doesn't that I can't put all of these titles on it. It impacts you so much.
0: Oh, yeah, it truly and, does. And I, yeah. I love how how you spoke about tea. This was um, in, in one of the, one of the early calls you were, you were talking about how tea kind of speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And it's really awesome, because as you're sipping the tea, you are in meditation with it. You know, you could even have your eyes closed while you're sipping it and your thoughts go places. It's like the tea will guide your thoughts to different, different areas and aspects. And you can learn from, from tea, which
1: oh God, you learn so much, <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is one of the things I loved about it. Cause sometimes meditation, it's kind of boring just sitting there. Uh, but to have a tea, you know, the tea, it tastes good. It smells good. It's warm. It, it, it does have kind of cognitive properties to it so it's like I would describe it as a really fun meditation
1: yeah I like to say like tea is very pleasurable like I want so for example if I wake up one day and I'm like I don't want to meditate there isn't anything else for me to grasp onto, right yeah if I wake up one day and I'm like I don't want to drink tea I still want to drink tea. There might be the meditative part of it that I don't want to be still. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that, but I still want to drink tea. And so I can orient. It's almost like almost can trance me into my meditation because all I have to do is show up and drink. And I'm like, "Mm, tastes good. mm, This, And then the tea's working on me. And all of a sudden, while it might've been difficult for me to get through my first three bowls, once I get there, I'm grounded, my heart's open. And I'm like, I want three more bowls. And before, you know, you're in your meditative state for an hour, but with tea or with, with seated meditation, I feel like it's just, there's nothing for me to, there's nothing to like trick my mind into doing it. And so it's much more of a disciplined practice, but what I have seen over the years is that my ability to sit in discomfort in my tea practice and this discomfort can be based on uncomfortable thoughts, a desire to not be there, but still showing up, the water's too hot, whatever. There's a lot of things that it's like, can I just stay in this? Over the years in my seated meditation practice, it actually shifted my ability to find some pleasure in the discomfort. So like when I really don't want to sit for meditation, I can I can just bask in in that instead of want to change it so much. Mm. I think that that really comes from my tea practice. So I think they work really nicely together in the long term.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Truly, it truly does. And yeah, it is pleasurable. It's that's that's a really that's that's it's fascinating. It's a it's a good way to describe it. Um, because sometimes meditation is not pleasurable. <laughs> it's like it's oh like God. work. Sometimes it feels like work.
1: And it's not like the thing is, it's like I could say, I don't want to sift for tea today, but then fine, I'll do it. But I'm going to try a new tea, you know, and then I have a little hook in. I have something like some little gift for myself in it. And then, of course, since the tea is actually affecting me again, opening my heart, grounding me that happens over time. Whereas in meditation, that doesn't necessarily happen. There isn't like a being that I'm consuming in meditation. That's Mm. making it easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tea truly is this being. And I love how you describe how tea wants to become a part of us. We want to become a part of tea. So this is mutual relationship. Yeah. Yeah, It is kind of magical to think when you think about it. And I mean,
1: that's why we all drink tea. Like... This in the enrollment of the course that you were in, it became very clear to me the power of tea and how much you know. Sometimes in a spiritual community, we like to you know identify and say things and take credit for things. Uh, you know, you're a tea person, you're not. And what I realized is everyone's a tea person, tea is the most drunk beverage in the world. She's good at getting people to drink her, she wants people to drink her, right? This isn't something she's done a good job. She's everywhere. You know, the idea that I am through my work, making anyone a tea person is ridiculous, right? And I used to think about it. And I think in the tea community, sometimes we think about it like that. Hmm. Who are you to introduce someone to tea? I'm not introducing anyone to tea. I'm just shifting their perspective so that they can see, oh, I can go deeper in relationship with this plant, you know, but that's it it's just remembering oh this plant is nature this plant is medicine this plant is a being and i want to relate to it and i also am nature and a being and you know like it's as simple as that but t she's she's a badass
0: yeah she is you know? a badass
1: she made her way across this entire globe
0: yeah wow the most drank beverage on this planet it's kind of remarkable
1: yeah think about like what are the things you remember about you know, American history, the Boston Tea Party, like that was the biggest threat
0: Hmm.
1: they could do. Like that was an act of terrorism was to throw their tea in the harbor. Wow! When you really think about that, to think that it was an accident is to me silly. It's like tea, she, we were losing our hearts in this world. And T to me, like volunteered, she's like, I want to be a medicine for this world. And so it's just like the shift, the, that perspective shift, she, her desire to be human is mirrored in the fact that almost all humans drink her.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's That's deep.
1: Yeah. And I feel like she told me that very clearly the last round I kept being like, I have to find people and like convince them of something, and she's just mm. like, "Girl, you just have to show up. People already know who I am." <laughs> right? I'm like, Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah, everyone knows what tea is. Everyone like, I, yeah, everyone has that that concept of of tea, but it is kind of mind boggling mind boggling how how it's made its way around the planet. Hmm.
1: Yeah. That One of the nice. things I
0: found really nice about tea uh, and the tea practice is, you know, in the morning, I was a little tired, wake up, 7 a.m., and I'm drinking tea. And, you know, by like cup two or so, I'm I'm awake now, and I'm feeling it and smelling it. Everything's really nice. And then by the end of the tea ceremony, I would end the tea ceremony and then go work out. I would go exercise. And I found that going from tea to exercise was a mm-hmm. really good flow.
1: Nice.
0: There, and what there's a- something go ahead what about it there's something about the energy that Good. it like it's it almost creates motion so like in the in, in the morning little little motion you know i'm like still a little tired okay. still little sleepy and sitting with the tea creates that pleasurable experience that meditative experience and mm-hmm knowing that I will be working out after this. And also there's a lot of studies done that show that caffeine is really good for exercising. So some people actually drink caffeine before exercising, Mm. Um, helps the muscles or something. I'm I'm not totally sure what it does, but uh, it, yeah. And then, so then I would get into this practice where all of a sudden my new habit was tea, exercise, tea, exercise. And it's just like two healthy things after the other. So it's a really healthy Kind of, it can create that really healthy habit as well to integrate exercise into the the tea practice.
1: Totally, and that's one of the pillars of a life of tea too is exercise. You know, like moving our body, and I feel like there's probably something energetic in it that's moving the energy, shifting the energy, and preparing it to actually like be moved through your body hmm. when you exercise, like it's ready to go. Yeah whatever it is that needs to shift or be cleared. Um, yeah, I'm like, I wish I could relate to that a little bit more. I'm not a very good exerciser.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wasn't either until uh, I got an online personal trainer. Oh. Yeah, which I didn't think would actually work. But, but... It, it actually it actually works. Yeah, it was a, a guy, Stephen that I met uh, when I was living in Austin, Texas, and just met him in the in the elevator at the place that I was, uh, living in. And yeah, we were both just about to travel the world. And so we connected and yeah, so we do this online personal training. And so like he has everything ready for me. So literally like everything I need to do for the day, is just there, you know? And so, yeah, it makes it very easy Tea, and then I just follow the app.
1: That's nice. That's nice. I'm the person that like, I tried to do the yoga classes at home when they like went online during COVID. The person that like five minutes in, like goes around the computer and like shuts it from the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm just not good. I'm not good at working out at home. I like have to be in the studio just because it makes me do it.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy things started to open up here because I started going to hot yoga. I love hot yoga. I love sweating. And we That's can finally go. You.
1: Do you? Do, it, do you have to do it with a mask on?
0: Uh, Yes, you do, which is uh, an added element of difficulty. <laughs> but it's like there's a mask mandate here. So like technically, like by law, they have to. But um, they also sell these like sh- face shields that are like just like a tiny portion of the face. Um mm-hmm. it's like open all around it. So it's it's kind of like not wearing a mask. It's just their way to be like, yeah, wearing a mask, you know. Check.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't done a, I haven't really done much. I you know, I'm like live here in the mountains and you know, I wear a mask when I go to the grocery store and stuff like that, but I'm not really around people that much. So I feel sometimes like it's still a shock. There's a shock factor to me still in things like you know wearing a mask at a yoga class. I'm like I'd never want that to be a part of my reality. <laughs> I know. Valid. Yeah.
0: It, it's especially hot yoga. Cuz the first class I took
1: hot yoga without a mask. I definitely <laughs> would have to deal with one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's not not the easiest, not the easiest, but the first class I didn't have one of those face shield masks. I had like you know, normal mask. And I was literally, I would like do a pose and move my head. And it would just like pour water out of my mask of sweat that was just building up. Yeah, it was tough.
1: I've decided to start exercising again soon. <laughs> I'm like, I took a year off of like in the quarantine. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like focus in my tea and in my inner world and whatever. And it's all good. And now it's like been a year. My body's like, it's time. It's time. They started telling me it was time, like in December. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hearing you, and I'm integrating this into my awareness. <laughs> but it's become very clear. Time to move again. It's spring. It's just like feels so good now.
0: Indeed, yeah. It's it's spring. I haven't really known the seasons growing up in LA.
1: Mm, yeah, it's just like all
0: year I'm- long. Hong
1: yeah,
0: yeah, there's leaves, you know, all the leaves are always just kind of green, you know, yeah. <laughs> It rains a little bit, but it's spring is actually a very exciting moment in, oh, in the year. Like oh, All the leaves start to come back, these little buds in the trees and everything starts to get warmer and ooh, it's very nice.
1: We're still, for me, what it is, is the turkeys come back. So here in my house, the wild turkeys, they come right before the spring equinox. Um, Sometimes on the spring equinox. This year, they're like a little early. We haven't really had much snow, but we're about to get a snowmageddon starting like tomorrow. Oh, wow. Like five to eight feet or something ridiculous.
0: Wow. That's a lot Um, of snow.
1: But yeah, when the wild turkeys come back to at least they're, they're, you know, they're around always, but they are not hanging out in my, near my house until like the spring. And I'm, so I'm always like, oh, it's spring soon. And I get so excited and it's really cool to live in alignment with the seasons.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. I I do three day water fasts every, every season change. And so it kind of like resets my system as well. Um, But it's like, yeah, I love, doing things based off the moon cycles. I love doing things based off the season changes. It's just
1: And and honestly, like for me just living here and being in na- so in nature, um like not even having cell service, like there's just very little human interruption and in a lot of animals is like I noticed that my I just started naturally wanting things and just paying attention to my body. Like you can't help it. You're just going to acclimate to the seasons. And so all of a sudden I'll feel myself being like, do I want to do a liver cleanse? I don't know why I'm even saying that. I don't even know what a liver cleanse is or what it would do, but it's like, I'm just feeling like I want that. And then, Oh, we're about to go into spring, which is the time of the liver, you know, or just different things, just wanting to eat, more meat. And it's going to be winter. Or actually when I moved here, fat, like I live at 7,000 feet. So I moved here and all of a sudden I'm like, I want so much fat. I just Mm -hmm. want, like, I don't want avocados. I want like ghee. And I I was vegan back then. So it was weird. (laughs) And they call here, (laughs) they call here the, the, a lot of vegans, they're gigans because they are vegan except for ghee. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing is that my cats both got dandruff after we moved here and both have become obsessed with ghee. Huh. Like, I'll open a jar of ghee and it might as well be like a fresh fish that I brought in. They would come running. They're so excited. And that wasn't the case before. And it's just like really cool to see how, oh, like I'm a human. I'm also wild. I am affected by nature. Yep. Don't really get that in cities or in tropical environments it's a lot yeah. harder to tune into at least
0: yeah it is yeah we we are a part of the earth like we are a part of the seasons
1: yeah and I mean there's things that I don't really eat fruit that much anymore a lot of fruit doesn't grow here so mm-hmm. it makes sense to me but I could never imagine a life without fruit before you know having grown up in the tropics I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I don't eat bananas really anymore and and it just. It's not a, it just naturally happened. I eat a lot more apples now, which I didn't eat before. It's just so interesting.
0: It, it is, yeah. And I think location has something to do with that too. Like the frequencies, the energy of the location. Because, um, cool. yeah, I, I wasn't eating meat, but when I moved to Austin, Texas, for whatever reason, I just craved meat. So I ate it. And I believe that we should do whatever our body asks for. Uh, that's why I don't really do the whole label thing when it comes to like, I'm vegetarian, I'm vegan and all that, because, um, if the body truly craves something, we should give it to it. And, you know, I, I think naturally we'll, will flow in and out of, of what we desire. Like right now I'm in a, a point where I don't desire meat, so I don't eat it. And I haven't for uh, a couple of years or so, but I was happy that I did eat meat in Texas because that was some of the best barbecue I've ever had. <laughs> it was like really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Um, I know, I think about some places I've been, even Portland, I think most of the times I've been in Portland, I've been vegan. And sometimes I'm just like, man, I missed out on a lot of good food, because Portland's such a foodie scene. Um, But you know, I was talking about this with my girlfriend last night at dinner, I said, I really appreciate people who eat meat consciously. Because any person I like, I kind of believe that the natural thing when you start caring about the world and other beings is to not want to eat meat. Like, I think like it's in our minds and in our hearts, it's kind of the natural direction that you'd go in. Mm -hmm. And when we can remember that we're in a body and that we're a part of this cycle of life and we can come back to eating meat consciously, I actually just like really appreciate that level of discernment in someone. Yeah, it's hard it's hard to eat meat. It's not easy. Like emotionally it's difficult. And so when people can really honor that and be in alignment with it and like find the ethical sources and listen and eat it when their body wants it versus when their mind wants it, like when we can really have that amount of care, it feels just like this level of knowing that's really special.
0: Yeah. And to like share a blessing for the animal before eating it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a
0: pretty significant moment to like consume another being (laughs) like that's like an intimate experience.
1: Yeah, totally. It's interesting too. I was just, this is a total tangent, but I was just on a plane coming back when I was coming back, I was flying from Paris to Atlanta and I was sitting one seat removed from this guy and his work was, is to save lions and he works in Botswana and he educates the locals to not want to kill lions because they're just like lions kill our animals so we kill, we kill them and we don't care. And so he does all this stuff to they like name the lions now and slowly are starting to like appreciate lions and they have this app that will tell a farmer when a lion is near his animals so he can bring the animal in and protect them. And it's like kind of figuring out how the ecosystem can thrive on both sides. Okay. So he like goes and tracks them. And one of the questions I had for him was, well, when they kill these lions, would they eat them? Like, so at least there's something. Cause he said that they killed like half the population, like five years ago or something mm-hmm. like they just didn't, they actually just don't have an emotional connection to lions and He said no, and I asked why, and he said it was because they say the meat of carnivores doesn't taste good. Hmm. And I've never thought about it before. Interesting. But we don't really eat carnivorous animals.
0: That's true,
1: huh? I'm trying to think of something that we eat that eats other animals. Like
0: we eat like deer, you know, cows, chickens.
1: Yeah. I mean, little carnivorous like bugs and stuff, but we don't actually eat animals that eat other animals. And I haven't unpacked Mm -hmm. that yet, but I was like, whoa, like (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) this is something to look at.
0: That is something that's really interesting.
1: Even when we think about animals like I guess like vultures are carnivorous, right? But we don't eat them.
0: Yeah. And I would, would go nowhere near a vulture. (laughs) I just feel like it wouldn't be something I'd want to eat.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. So it's funny. Like just when you were saying like thinking eating a being is an important is such a
0: moment experience.
1: Yeah. And then, but we don't eat beings that eat beings. I mean, they do eat beings, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, there's just, it's like, I was wondering, it's like, and, you know, they say about mountain lions, like, yeah, they'll kill a person, right? But not, that's not what they want to eat. You know, we hear that a lot. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> how deep does this go?
0: <laughs> Speaking of, of, of <laughs> ghee, uh, have you tried ancient organic ghee? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I just that... started eating their cultured one.
0: Oh, I have a cultured has, one.
1: Yeah, it's an it has a blue label.
0: Oh wow! Because that's like a very. I mean, first of all, it's delicious. Like it's amazing. It tastes different. Than, it tastes like caramel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so like
0: good. remarkable. And 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 what I like about because I'll, I'll eat ghee. Um, I don't really have an issue with that as long as it's mm-hmm. conscious, sustainable. It, it's it's done well, and like, yeah. you know, their cows are chilling by the ocean, like beach side they've got this whole area to graze and and they're oh, fed through out? an automated process um and, and and then they also um only I think they only make it or they only like churn it on the full moon on the waxing moon and while they're they're churning it they sing loving chants to it
1: whoa I didn't know that
0: ancient organics yeah
1: this is the purple label one that says like eat good fat yeah wow that's cool
0: yeah yeah very very conscious like they go above and beyond and they treat the cows well and you can taste the difference it's like delicacy
1: totally it's you know it's funny it's like thinking about tasting love Mm. you can you can taste love and it really has that ability It's like, can we remember that our hearts have the ability to purify things, right? So instead of, you know, let's say not everything, not everyone lives like us. So maybe I go somewhere and someone offers me a non-organic tea bag of stuff that I wouldn't drink normally. It's like, can I purify it with my heart? Because I understand and I have awareness of what this is. And also, just like prayers to these plants or beings or whatever that have been not treated so well, a little grief, a little forgiveness, a little love. Okay, then I can accept it. And I actually, I really believe in the power of us to change the frequencies of some of the like not as pure parts of this world when we consume them. I mean, this yeah. is like the beauty of prayer in general. Yeah. Before we eat right, and so when someone's doing that the whole time in the production of something, like you can taste it.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, it's like mom's home cooked food. Totally. Taste the, like, taste the love in it.
1: Totally. That would always be an exception for me. Like when I was vegan was I would go to my grandma's and she would make me some vegan thing and she'd forget about one thing or another. She'd be like, I made it right. And it would have like eggs in it or something. And I'd just be like, I wouldn't even say anything to her. I'd just be like, great. This is like my work. Like this is so pure in its intention in so many ways. Um, that's mm. so beautiful. So then I can just give a little bit more love.
0: And yeah. That's all- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's medicine in its own in its own right. It's
1: so funny because that's the gi that my cats love the most too.
0: Hmm. That's <laughs> really before. Yeah. <laughs> they know. Have
1: my own ghee, But I'm just not as good at it.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um so as we as we do uh wind down this conversation, which thoroughly enjoy chatting with you, share with people who are watching and listening how they can connect with you, what you have going on. I know you've got a new uh a new start your own tea practice coming up, which is super awesome. And I highly recommend people do. So yeah. How can people find you?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, mostly like it's kind of my main channel. Um, so my Instagram's is Mariana Rittenhouse. I'm the only one in the world. So it's me if you find me there <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Oh, it just started snowing. So I'm again, um, and so, and then I have a start your own tea practice that's launching now, and it's probably going to be the last one for a little bit. Cause I've just, this is going to be my fourth one back to back. So, um, that starts April 4th and the last day to enroll is March 26th and it's going to be awesome. We have an amazing mystery tea. You get a tea and we didn't really talk about this, but you get a little tea bowl too. And all of the sacred vessels that you need in order to bring tea into your life. Um, and yeah, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm very responsive. I love to chat with everyone. So don't be shy.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And I will include links to your Instagram in the show notes. So people can just tap that nice and easy. Um, and yeah, I got my little bowl. I got my bowl from, from the practice and I love it. You get What's that?
1: Which bowl did you get?
0: Um, I don't have it with me right here, but it was a really beautiful kind of grayish brownish with a. It has the swirl in the center,
1: Yes, we have some of those this time too. Yeah. I know it we have the cream swirl, it's like gray on the outside, yep. yeah that yep. one's that one's really beautiful.
0: Nice. yeah, yeah, so that's that's really nice, so it's it's launching four four. That's a great date.
1: Oh my God, I never even thought of it like that.:
0: Oh, yeah, four four. I've launched so many things on four four companies. Correct. I launched this podcast last four four.
1: Oh my God, that's actually really special. <laughs> I'm going to make a 4-4 altar now somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <I guess.
0: laughs> yeah, double heart chakra. It's a good, yeah, very, very good date. But that's that's incredible. Yeah, I, I highly recommend people check that out, check you out. Uh, I know you also do kind of tea sits, like public tea sits every now and then. I don't know if you're still doing mm-hmm. that.
1: People can join those. So um, I'll do... I also have, okay, so I have a self-study course called the sensuality of tea. So if you're like kind of thinking about tea, it's it's for people who have tea practices and don't have tea practices. And we go through the body and really get into like the beauty of tea Mm. through our senses. And so you could check that out as well. You know, it's funny. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, sell me on the sensuality of tea over starter own tea practice. And I was just like, starter own tea practice is my pride and joy. <laughs> like I wouldn't tell you to do anything before that. I love it so much. I, it's just like the most beautiful creation I've ever had. And I am so passionate about it. And you can also do the other one. And then we have um, virtual tea sits, which you don't have to have a tea practice to do either. I will guide you through if you don't have something up front. And so those, again, you can find either on Instagram or, and you can find this through my Instagram. There's a Facebook group called For the Love of Tea and we post everything there as well. And then the last thing I'll say is I have in my LinkedIn bio on Instagram a So You're Feeling Called to Tea And this is, it's about a 20 minute little free class for me, just about tea, about tea ceremony and about how to just do a simple practice at home. That doesn't have the ritual that I teach and start your own tea practice. But, you know, a lot of people have actually, a lot of people who missed the last one have just been doing that little, um, leaves in a mug practice Hmm. until this one. (laughs) So, you know, it's a great way to just start connecting with tea now, if you can't wait, um, for the course, but right now it's open. So you don't have that problem. So um, yeah, that's actually a really fun video as well. I really like it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So up up till you said the 26th of of March, so this will be posting pretty, pretty soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's just because we have to ship out a bowl and tea to you. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah,
0: that's so exciting. I can't wait for everyone to get their, their tea and bowl. So it's while we did describe it as simple and it is very simple, just leaves in a bowl. Uh, what I also loved about it is that you, I did get to learn about, you know, like setting setting the stage, the tea stage, like how to move my hands. It's like a really flowy, almost art form that does go into depth. And that's the kind of like ritualistic aspect of it. That's a lot of fun as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: totally. it's, it's full of energetic, like energetic movements. And there's so much energy in it and less stuff. You know, that's what we're trying to get away from, less yeah. stuff more spirit and that's really like a big anchor in the course
0: yeah mm, beautiful yeah. well mariana thank you so much for being on this this is such a pleasure
1: so nice to always chat with you
0: <laughs> yes likewise and thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of deep shift i will see you next time